a lot of the way marketing is done online is it's mass marketed, lacks differentiation, speaks to an entry level market, an early market solves entry level problems. And it doesn't work for most people. And I don't think it's going to work particularly well in a downturned economy. It's going to continue to work for the web celebs because they got on the plane early. They're sitting at the front of the plane. Get ready for the Rebel Uprising podcast, the only podcast dedicated to business owners who feel overlooked for their expertise, skills, and experience. Let's claim your expertise and turn your complex ideas into unmistakable messaging that grows your business. I am your host, Dr. Michelle Mazur, the author of The Three Word Rebellion and your Rebel Truth Telling Guide to Building a Business That Gets Noticed. You're just one course away from recession-proofing your business. Or are you? The message around recession-proofing is everywhere these days. But what do you really need to know about surviving and even thriving in this economy? Will the course or the membership site be the ticket? Or are there other skills you want to cultivate to build a sustainable business in uncertain times? That's exactly why I wanted to have my friend Tara Newman on the show to talk about the economy. Because when Tara talks about the economy and what it means for small businesses, I listen. Because this isn't her first rodeo when it comes to riding out a recession. Tara Newman is the founder and CEO of the Bold Profit Academy, where she teaches service-based business owners how to sell premium services and programs without the emotional stress of launching, worrying about ads, overwhelming social strategies, or complex funnels. Tara hosts a weekly podcast called The Bold Money Revolution and has been featured in publications like Money Magazine, Yahoo Finance, and Huffington Post, as well as other publications and podcasts. She earned her master's in organizational psychology from Hofstra University, has over 20 years of experience, is a certified profit-first professional, and holds an advanced-level Reiki certification. Everything she teaches incorporates energy, mindset, and strategy as a framework for resiliency and results. Enjoy this conversation with Tara and be on the lookout for the three core skills Tara says you should focus on developing to build a sustainable business during this time. Welcome back to the Rebel Uprising podcast, Tara Newman. I am so excited to have you here with me today. I was just trying to think if there was a word to describe appropriately how excited I am. (laughs) I'm not sure there is, but I am super pumped. Oh, I'm excited because I really wanted to have you on to talk about like what the hell is going on in the economy, how it's impacting online business owners, because I know you spend a lot of time studying the trends. I know you're getting your certified financial planner master's degree. Is that right? Did I get that right? <laughs> so I'm taking classes so that if I want to become certified, I can be. It's like a really long, hard, laborious process, but I'm, I'm just yeah. seeing where it goes. That is awesome. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is... There is an onslaught of messaging happening right now about recession-proofing your business. 
And you have an interesting take on this messaging. So what do you think about it? Well, first, I want to back up for a second and just say like where my take is coming from. Because I have weathered the recession already in 2008, 2009. That's when we, our first business really went out of business and was struggling and hit the skids. So I've already experienced this as a small business owner, as Mm -hmm. well as being raised by a small business owner who... I remember very distinctly growing up when the economy was downturning and when it wasn't based on the actions my dad was taking. And as a profit first certified consultant, you know, and really being present to what happens in a business cash flow wise, regardless of the economy. So I just wanted to say, hey, there's a reason why this is important to me. There's a reason why I study this. And the perspective and the bias that I'm bringing to this, right? I think that's important so people know how to take what I'm about to say. Yes. And I also want to say that the conversations that I've been having around this are with the express intent to be grounded. And so people don't freak out in panic because that is the absolute worst thing that they can do, regardless of whether or not you're a small business owner. But specifically, if you're a small business owner, the worst Mm -hmm. thing that you can do is freak out in panic. And so... I am watching the messaging coming across Mm -hmm. that is a weird mashup of I'm going to help you recession-proof your business, how to recession-proof your business. You're one course away from recession-proofing your business. (laughs) (laughs) And the other uptick I'm seeing is around, and this is how smart they are, they know that more people are going to start looking to start side hustles or their own business Mm -hmm. in a downturn economy. Like 50% of businesses are started during a recession or a downturn in the economy. So I'm watching all this messaging now come out and looking to hit professionals who want to start their business. And now we are hearing the stories of, in one year, my course made me um, $750,000 in the first year of my business. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe... Maybe, but I think there might have been other factors there, if that's true, that might not expressly be true, that's not true for everybody, right? And so if you're listening Mm -hmm. to this podcast and you are a business owner and you've got some friends who are professionals, because I know this is a smart bunch of um, established experts, and you've got some friends looking to start businesses, don't let them get sucked in. (laughs) Yes, do not let them get sucked in because I've seen that messaging too, where it's this pivot to like, oh, want to start a side hustle? It's more secure than your day job because who knows, we might end up all losing our jobs. So yeah, and the one course away thing just drives me nuts. And and the, the I think the problem with some of this messaging is is it's part true. Mm-hmm. So it is part true that if you are currently working in a traditional nine to five job, that you could be at greater risk for losing your job, and you yeah. certainly don't have control over the decisions that your company makes. Whereas as small business owners, we have a lot more control over the decisions that we make for ourselves. And yes, you probably do want to consider a side hustle as a way to insulate yourself, potentially. I'm seeing that a lot in my local community, people reaching out saying, hey, I'm starting a side hustle. Do you know somebody who needs somebody who does X, right? So all these these messages are, are partially true, which is why the lie works. 
Yes. And so I'm curious, as someone who has weathered a recession before, what was like your biggest takeaway from 2008? My biggest takeaway from 2008 probably was twofold. And then I do want to talk about the online business environment right now, mm-hmm. given like most of these businesses weren't around in 2008, because yeah. I think that's actually an important point. But I think like the two things that I took away from 2008 were one, yes, we were having a recession. Yes, there were factors that were outside of my control. But I also focused on those factors and not the ones that were within my control. So when I stepped back years later, this wasn't even like immediately after, but this was like years later, like when I was starting this business, which was probably a good like four to six years after, I had to acknowledge that there were way more things that were in our control that we could have done and that we were focused primarily on the things that were beyond our control. The second thing that was my takeaway was we completely failed to develop money-making skills. We were actually really good operators. We were great operationally. Like we knew how to make the sausage. It was selling Mm -hmm. the sausage that was the problem. It was communicating the value of what we did and positioning it as relevant in that moment that we really kind of struggled with. And I'll add my husband's takeaway because we've been talking about this a lot lately what our takeaways were from that time, because, you know, obviously we want to learn from them and continue to. His biggest takeaway was that he wasn't out there creating opportunity. He was waiting for opportunity to come to him, which is kind of the same conversation with the sales, right? But he just kind of languaged it a little differently. Yeah. So these are three pretty big takeaways. So number one, focus on what's in your control, because yeah, it's really easy to get swept up in the news and be like, oh, look, at, you know, like inflation's on the rise and, you know, supply chain issues. And none of that is actually something you can control. And I love the like focusing, like you didn't have the money making skills. Because I know a lot of the experts who listen to the show are great at delivering what they do. They get great results. They're great in sessions with their clients or delivering their service. But when it comes to like, actually bringing in people who want to work with them and selling them, that is a sticking point. So I love that you brought that up as well, because that is something you should be working on (laughs) if you're listening to this program. Yeah. All right. So you wanted to comment on the state of online business. So I want to take us back there. And what do we need to know as an online business owner about the current economic situation? Okay, so I want to preface who we're talking to first. You Mm -hmm. and I both speak to a very similar person. We're talking to established experts. They have likely had a professional career. Um, They've likely had, I know my audience, like 90%, probably even more at this point, have had a traditional nine to five job. You came out of academia. I came out of corporate. Whether it's a corporate organization or just a larger small business, there has been some, there's a, a depth of expertise and experience. And so... And, and the other thing I know is we're, we're talking to people who are running service-based businesses and who really like working with their clients, mm-hmm. who, who like to see the transformation, who like to, to be involved in the work. They're not looking to peace out just to go and scale and leverage and, and run something in addition to. So I just wanted to be clear about who I was talking to because mm-hmm. it matters. You all have brains in your head. You are all smart 
smart people. So that's the person who I want to talk to when I say what I'm going to say, because this is going to cause some dissonance. I'm ready for it. Okay. Over the last 10 to 12 years, when the online space, in my opinion, has really been solidifying and growing and and taking root, we have been in a time of tremendous peace and prosperity. Yes. We don't have a heck of a lot of data on how some of these business models that you see in the online space are going to fare. We and we could but we can make some assumptions. I don't like to speculate, but I'm just going to point out some things that maybe we want to be present to when we're watching this kind of transpire. So, first off, everything these days is a membership and a subscription and it is historical that during times of economic downturns, the first things that people do is cut back on their monthly subscriptions Mm -hmm. and fees. That's just a fact. So I don't know. And let me tell you something, because I just went back into my expenses, my personal expenses this, this weekend. And I was like, God dang, everything's a subscription, right? And people are going to be making decisions based on that. So yes, that's, that's, that's one. Two, this is a space that causes a lot of financial harm to people, that, that people are very quick to pull out their credit cards and charge now, think later. Yes. And what's happening with credit cards? Well, our interest rates are increasing. And right now, what we're seeing is that interest rates have increased and what people have on their credit cards is eating up the remainder of what was there. So if you have things like payment plans... If you have things like memberships, they're dropping out because people's cards are filling up more quickly and they're hitting their limit more quickly and not realizing mm-hmm. it because the, the interest rates are literally increasing like almost monthly, okay? A lot of the way the marketing is done, and you can absolutely correct me if you feel like I'm misspeaking, Michelle, but a lot of the way marketing is done online is it's mass marketed, lacks differentiation, speaks to an entry-level market, an early market, solves entry-level problems, and it doesn't work for most people, and I don't think it's going to work particularly well in a downturn economy. I think it's going to continue to work for the people who it's con- it works for because it's the essence of an MLM. It's going to continue to work for the web celebs because they got on the plane early. They're sitting at the front of the plane. Yeah, and they have that big audience that they built when it used to be the gravy days of easy to build audiences. And they just have a little more, they have a lot more leeway. And again, they're they're selling a message to an entry-level person solving an entry-level problem. Mm -hmm. And it, it does lack differentiation. And I don't think it works very well for services. The last thing I want to say is for those people who have been making good money in the online space over the last 10 years, please don't get caught out mistaking timing with skill. It's been real easy for almost anyone. There's been a lot of margin for error in a time where there's been a lot of peace and prosperity. When everyone has money, when nobody's thinking too hard about spending it, when the the cost of Uh, of borrowing is cheaper. And I I see a lot of people who are mistaking timing and luck with skill. Yes, yes. And you've said, okay, you've said several 
interesting things. The first is the membership subscriptions and how people cut those first. Because I know I've been doing that as well, like looking like, where am I spending my money? And do I need all of these things? But there's also this message like, oh, your membership is the way that you're going to recession proof your business. And I'm just like, no, no, that's where people go and cut first. So like, if you're thinking about like a membership play or extended payment plans, then that can be a problem. I think it depends on who you're targeting. And what happens is, is in the online space, again, they tend to target newbie, they're, they're, they're competing on price. How, you know, how can we make this? I've seen Russell Brunson's, are we allowed to name people on here? I've seen yeah, you can. <laughs> Russell Brunson's ads literally talk about like the impulse buy, mm. right? So it depends because if you're targeting the impulse buy, if you're targeting that entry level person, if you're targeting the person who's going to shop on price, I think you're yeah. going to have a problem because when you, inflation is high, when the economy downturns, who's the first line of people to be considering where am I going to get the extra gas money? When am I, where am I going to get the extra heating money? Like, where am I getting that extra money? Well, it's the people who don't really have a lot of money. And I'm not saying this to be disparaging. I'm just saying this to be mm-hmm. honest and truthful, right? But then you see places like Costco who really do well in a downturn economy and they do have a membership model as a matter of fact 70 percent of their profit comes from their membership but their clientele is not entry-level low dollar type of clientele they're actually more affluent they're able to pay that membership in addition to go and buying things in bulk and, mm-hmm. and spending what they spend at a costco so i know that yeah. looks like it's it's targeting a maybe a quote unquote cheaper buyer, a price conscious buyer, but it's actually not. Mm -hmm. Walmart is targeting the price conscious buyer. And that really makes sense to me because like if you're shopping at Costco, A, you need space. Like you're not living in a studio apartment and shopping at Costco. You have that space to stock up. So yeah, it makes sense. So for those of us who are really targeting people who are not entry level, so they're more established business owners, it sounds like their price point would be higher, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So do you see that as a way to navigate what's happening in our economy? Yeah, listen, I think that, so I want to (laughs) be nuanced. I think, did you say once the internet's the place where nuance (laughs) goes to die? Yeah, I actually want to get that on a coffee mug. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what you mean by that, more specifically. (gasps) For your own audience. Oh, yeah. Like when I think about internet uh, where nuance goes to die, it's that you can't really make a complex argument on the internet. It's just like the top line binary, it's good or it's bad type of thinking and or it's all or nothing thinking and it applies to everyone equally. So there's none of that complex argumentation, basically. Yeah. So one thing that I've seen a lot in the last year or so online has been like, you want, you know, target high net worth individuals. And I laugh because they want to target high net worth individuals so they can sell them some ridiculously priced online thing. Right. And I work with a lot of high net worth individuals. And I actually had one of them just be targeted with some kind of ridiculously high priced, high ticket 
item. And what people don't understand is like, those are some of the most discerning people. They're high net worth for a reason. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make this about look for the people who are high net worth. I want to say look for the people who value the transformation that you provide. Look for the people who truly need the thing that you are selling. And for a lot of people who are selling services in the online space, specifically like business services to business people in the Mm -hmm. online space, that is going to mean selling to a more established business. Yes. Not necessarily a, a wealthier person, but where the service is truly needed and relevant. Yeah. Well, and the thing I'm seeing is that there's this big gap for people who do have established businesses. Like, they still have problems. They're looking for solutions. You know, like, my typical client is somebody who's been in business, like, two or more years. They're killing it on word of mouth marketing. So they are really established. And now they want to dial their messaging in because they want to build their audience so they can have some type of group program in the future. So it's this really practical problem they're trying to solve with messaging these days, which is great. And I know exactly who it is I want to be working with and how to communicate my value. Because the other thing you also said was about differentiation. Like you have to know how you're different in the marketplace because the people who are more established business owners, they're savvier. And so they know what they're looking for and they know what reads like a line of bullshit. That is what I hope. (laughs) (laughs) And it's still easy for us all to get hooked in Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of gaslighting happening. Oh my gosh. Like I saw an ad come across my, I've seen like a couple of ads come across my feed and one was um, this one with like, uh, go from zero to $750,000 with your course in your first year of business. And then the other one was like around, you know, making seven figures in like 10 hours a week. And I'm like, I know that's, I know neither one of those things are really possible, but I'm, I'm like in my head about it. I'm like, well, what if I'm wrong? What if it's my mindset? What if those oh, things oh. are really possible? Right? Like, so I even I have a moment where I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, I was having a conversation with Maggie Patterson, my co-host of Duped, and she was reading some sales page. She's all like, this copy is so compelling that I actually believe that I need this and I know I don't. Right. (laughs) Right. It's really disorienting. It really is. Because I think there's a part of our brain that wants to believe that that is possible. Meanwhile, there's this other part that is like, oh, that is some bullshit right there. Well, you're like, I know this isn't true, but they're telling Mm -hmm. me it's true. And they're presenting it with a lot of confidence. Yes. And and bold claims and numbers, concrete numbers, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and and you can get real twisted around, especially if you're having a bad day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think online business owners need to do or know in order to navigate these uncertain economic times? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, this shoot, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. This is a normal economic event, even though it seems unprecedented, which every economic crisis that we've had has been unprecedented in the moment that it happened. 
mm-hmm. if you think about it, right? Like no one had seen the Great Depression when it happened. Nobody had seen the housing market crash in 2008. Nobody had seen like the collapse of like the systems that happened in 1987. That's what happens. Something unprecedented happens and we make it through to the other side because humans are resilient. And then we find solutions to make sure that these things don't really happen again. And so we, you know, we are hit with with this being presenting a little differently. It's a little more, the inflation part is a little more stubborn than probably Mm -hmm. we've seen in the past or they've expected. We've got weird intersections with like what's happening in the Ukraine and Russia and how that's impacting us, you know, and just a lot of, you know, volatility post COVID with the supply chain issues and the labor shortages. And, you know, it's weird. That's it. It's weird, but it will Mm -hmm. pass. So everybody needs to zoom out. I always say when in doubt, zoom out. I love that. You know, Warren Buffett has a quote that I'm going to call on, but I'm going to switch a little bit. So he says, when others are being greedy, be fearful. And when others are fearful, be greedy. And I don't love the use of the word greedy. I get it. So what I want to say is when others are being brazen, be conservative. And when others are being conservative or fearful, be bold and brazen, right? So now's not the time to cower Now's the time to be very confident moving in the direction that you want to go in. And I think to do that, you have to consider where you want to be in three years. Do you still want to be in business in three years? Or you're like, are you like, you know what, like, this is just hard. And I don't want to do this, right? And if that's the case, go get a job. There's nothing wrong with that. But go quickly, because we don't know what this economy is going to look like. And right now they're still hiring. So, you know, decisiveness is really required right now in whatever people decide to choose. I think that with any economic crisis, there is boatloads of opportunity. Mm -hmm. So don't get stuck in the thought that there isn't any opportunity or the time has passed or this ship has sailed or any of that you very much do create your own opportunities, especially in times like this. The reason why I'm also talking about this is because you have to put yourself in the shoes of your buyer. Like, what is your buyer experiencing right now? Mm. And how can you speak to that to position yourself and your offer as relevant? How are you relevant right now, given the circumstances that you have? That's a great question. How are you relevant right now, given the circumstances? Yeah. There, that's what I'm saying. Create the opportunity. Yeah. And that might mean you need to tweak your messaging. You need to tweak your positioning. The other thing I wanted to call out is like, you've got to get good at sales. And what I love about your work and what I love about being in the Bold Profit Academy is that we get that focus on doing like high touch sales oh, mm-hmm. in, instead of what the internet marketers tell you. And I think oh, yeah. that is such a foundational skill to have right now. Oh, and we're going to be going down that path for the next year real hard because what I like to say I teach is I like to teach the things that people are unwilling to do, that the majority of people are unwilling to do. So if we can come together as a group in the Bold Profit Academy and support each other in being bold and courageous, even when scared, to do the thing that most people aren't willing to do, we naturally have a competitive advantage. Yes. And yeah, we just can't sit behind our computer screens. And oh, no. Sales are going to oh, come no. to us. Like- <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So listen, I get it. Listen, I've struggled with visibility and putting my face on things and being being present and, and all that stuff. I, I get it. Like, I get it from such an emotional perspective. But 
we don't have time to worry about that anymore. So in the next 12 to 24 months, if you don't think you can get out there, build relationships in a high touch, visible way where you're not hiding behind your keyboard and participating in like comment trains on social media or looking for every tactic that you can find except to physically put yourself out there, we need to have a conversation. You need to really check in. And I'm not saying this from, again, from a place of trying to shame or blame or judge or anything. I'm saying this because I'm deeply then concerned for your ability to generate the revenue you're going to need. Yeah. I think I always surprise people when I tell them that I really love sales. Like I love having sales conversations. They're always interesting to me, intriguing. I love seeing how I can help or how my service fits what that person needs or sometimes doesn't. But that is a skill I have been building for years. And now is the time to start building those. If you haven't built those skills, like it's time to be a little uncomfortable and start building them because you need them. They're, they're vital. They're, they're even vital for business when things are good. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, like I will never stop building my sales skill. I will never mm-hmm. be done because that is how I, that's a money making skill. I can take that skill no matter where I go, even if I decide I'm going to go back to corporate mm-hmm. and I can mm-hmm. use that skill to sell myself, to get the job, to negotiate better pay, to get my initiatives across somebody's desk, right? Like those are skills that you will always have and always take with you no matter what. So I will never stop building that skill. And it's the one thing that makes everything else easier. Because then once you build that skill and you've done it and it feels, because I hear, oh, it's hard, it's this or that. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get it, it's hard. But then as you understand why and what and see what works, you can then automate and make it easier and create workflows. But you can't get to the point where you're making it easier and creating workflows until you've done the work to build the skill. I 100% agree. That is like if if you just take one thing away from today's discussion is that yeah, build the skill and then you can think about automating later on, but that skill is so crucial. So Tara, are you ready for the three word rebellion <laughs> lightning round of questions that I love asking? Yeah, okay, Michelle, so I'm <laughs> laughing. Okay, go. <laughs> All right. This one's going to be tough for you. It is. What's one thing you're rebelling against? Yeah, one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick one for today. How about that? Yeah. What, what, what's, what's on your mind today? Um, well, it's been on my mind for a while, and that is really how women have been preyed upon and abused in the online business culture and through specifically things like online learning programs and how they don't deliver what's expected, how they don't value, I think, women's time, energy, and money the way they should, given the messaging they come out with that is traditionally pretty, like, women's empowerment-driven. Yeah, I, I feel that deeply. I am seeing more and more people come to me after they have been severely burned by a program, spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on messaging and then not getting what was promised or what what they got was just not even usable for their business. So yeah, yeah right there with you. Yeah. What's the change you would most like to create? 
So everything I do is around putting more money in the hands of women. The statistics on women and money are grim at best. And at the same time, it intersects with the online business culture, right? That continues to drain women of you know their bank accounts and their resources that are already finite. Yes. So if I could get every woman to realize that they don't need to buy the $30,000 thing, if they want to, if they f- genuinely feel like that would be helpful to them and the experience warrants that, okay, but that it doesn't have to be that way. That's mm-hmm. a choice. That's a choice yeah. is what I'm saying. I think that's a nuance that's missing. Yes. And if women had more money in their hands and weren't preyed upon by this online business space, what do you think the world would be like? Mm. Well, I think that we start to restore capitalism to some of its maybe original intent or to a more conscious and caring place because I am definitely pro-capitalism. I'm just anti-cronyism. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of similarities between cronyism and web celebs in the online business culture. And so we're just continuing to propagate that behavior and collude with it in a different mm-hmm. space while being told that it's different, but it's not. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tara. And you have an incredible like calculator that you give to everyone for free. So let people know where they can pick up the revenue calculator because I find it incredibly useful in figuring out like how much money I need to bring in through my business. Mm-hmm. And tell us where people can find you online. Yeah, so the Revenue Goal Calculator can be received at theboldleadershiprevolution.com forward slash revenue. That is the Revenue Goal Calculator. And like Michelle said, you kind of put in your personal expenses, the things you want to pay for in your actual life, and then it translates into the amount of revenue you need to generate in your business, as well as gives you some other goodies in there as well. You know, I've got the podcast, the Bold Money Revolution podcast, and on Instagram at the Tara Newman. So do check out the Revenue Calculator because it is a brilliant tool that's going to give you some instant clarity about what you need to be doing in your business. And check out Tara's podcast. It's awesome. It's on my weekly playlist. So if you enjoyed this conversation, go check Tara out. And Tara, thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me back. Well, that was a barn burner of a conversation. Now, there are a few things that I took away. The first big takeaway, when in doubt, zoom out. This economy is a hiccup. And we need to zoom out and stay focused on the bigger vision for our business during this time. My second big takeaway is focus on what you can control because there are so many things in this economy that we cannot control. Inflation, the supply chain. But when you actually zoom in and think about what in your business you can control, there are things that you can tweak and do to make sure that this is a successful time for your business. 
And my final takeaway was build your money-making skills, work on your sales skills, develop your messaging, stay relevant in the mind of your customers. I'd love to know what you took away from this conversation. So hit me up at Dr. Michelle Mazer on Instagram and let me know your biggest aha moment from today's show. If the Rebel Uprising podcast is helping you claim and communicate your expertise so that your clients can find and hire you, please share the show with a friend. The easiest way to do that is through Podlink. You can find the show at pod.link slash rebel, and that page will allow anyone you share the show with to subscribe and start listening in their favorite podcast player. That's pod.link slash rebel. The Rebel Uprising podcast is a production of Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Lou Blazer. Our production assistant is Emily Kilduff. The podcast is edited by Stephen Mills. Our executive producers are Sean and Tara McMullen. The Rebel Uprising podcast is recorded on the unceded traditional land of the Coast Salish peoples, specifically the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, original stewards of the land, past and present.